Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, welcome to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and uh, we had a little bit of uh, a technical issue, but I'm so glad that we've got great engineers that help us here. Thanks to Mark for his help and Cyrus and Nick as they're making sure that everything is happening. So welcome to The Inner Life. This is our program dedicated to spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And uh, so glad to have you here during this hour. You know, history is always happening around us, isn't it? Every day, every month, every year, there are events that shape the world around us. And sometimes those events are immediately evident. There's something that we all see and we know we're going to remember that. Other events, they might seem ordinary, but nevertheless, they can impact history in some unexpected way that we just don't see at that moment. I'd like to take a look back at the year 1889. 1889, 11 years prior to the turn of the century. Do you have any idea of some of the events that might have taken place there in 1889? Nationally, here in the U.S., we had four states that were admitted into the Union. That was North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, and Washington. That was also the year that Benjamin Harrison was sworn in as our 23rd president. In a saloon in San Francisco, the very first jukebox was, uh, was installed and became an overnight sensation. Also in 1889 in Japan, the Nintendo company was founded. They started to produce playing cards. And in Paris, the Eiffel Tower, it opened at the World's Fair. It became the tallest man-made structure in the world at the time and held on to that title for several decades. Now, in that same year... 1889, there in Paris, there was another event that happened that probably wouldn't have been seen as anything significant, anything extraordinary, except for the people impacted. It was a couple, Felix and Elizabeth, and they were married that year. Pretty ordinary life event there. Felix and Elizabeth, they both had been raised in the Catholic Church, but Felix, while studying at medical school, he told Elizabeth that he had lost his faith. He now was only going through the motions, going to Mass, going to you know different things involving the faith, just to please his mother. Elizabeth, she didn't have a strong faith of her own when they were first married, and so she was somewhat you know saddened by this confession from Felix, but she didn't think all that much of it at the time. But shortly after they were married... Toward the end of that first year of 1889, Elizabeth, she fell sick, 
and she needed uh, needed several months for recovery. This was the first in a series of health issues that she would suffer then, ongoing through the rest of her life. And this illness and the reality of her own mortality, it prompted her to turn back to her faith. But as Elizabeth experienced this renewal and this conversion in her life, Felix, her husband, he was becoming more and more critical and more and more antagonistic toward the faith. And he started to direct these criticisms and these attacks toward Elizabeth, ridiculing her for her beliefs. Elizabeth, she made the resolution to forgive Felix daily. And she was praying for his conversion and hiding that emotional suffering that she was going through, hiding that from anybody else. And she never allowed for resentment to build, even when Felix was trying to demoralize her for her faith and her trust in God. Elizabeth ended up starting a journal when she was 33 years old, and she made the primary focus of her life to pray for her husband's conversion. She wrote in that journal, she said, God helps me maintain charity on the inside and remain calm on the outside, despite how much I suffer every evening hearing my faith ridiculed, attacked, and criticized. And again, Elizabeth, she continued to endure those physical issues, those illnesses. And through all the years of marriage, she had that alongside the emotional suffering that she was going through, being attacked for her faith by her husband. Eventually, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and ultimately ended dying, uh, ended up dying at the age of 47. Felix... He had never come back to the church during his wife's lifetime, but after Elizabeth's death, he read a letter that she had written for him just a couple months before she passed, and along with that, read through her journal entries. And this is when he actually learned of Elizabeth's interior life, that immense life of prayer, all that she had offered for her husband's conversion. Elizabeth wrote, I begged Almighty God to send me sufferings with which to pay the price of your soul. The day I die, that price will be paid. Those are pretty amazing words, aren't they? After reading all the different writings from his wife, Felix, he said, and this is a quote from him, he says, from her journal, I was able to perceive with clarity the interior significance of the life of Elizabeth so great in her humility. I came to appreciate the splendor of that faith of which I had seen such marvelous effects. The eyes of my soul were opened, and I turned toward the God who called me. I confessed my sins to a priest and was reconciled with the church. This was over the course of three years after Elizabeth's death, where Felix came back to the church. Two years later, he became a Dominican friar, and then four years after that, he was ordained a priest. That's quite a remarkable turnaround from a very aggressive atheist to a Dominican priest. And Elizabeth, she had been the one as the catalyst. She had lived her life to help her husband get back on that path toward heaven. And that's the true role of a spouse. Is that what you are doing in your marriage as a husband or as a wife? Is your primary goal helping your spouse get to heaven. Well, today we want to spend this hour of the inner life discussing exactly that, how you can help your spouse get to heaven. And joining us as our spiritual director today, 
I'm very glad to welcome back Father Ethan Southard. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and the pastor of St. John Jude's Church in Chatsworth, California. Father Ethan, welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, Josh. It's great to be with you all, and what a, a great topic today uh, for, for marriage and uh, for sanctity, you know, growing in holiness. And that, what a beautiful story with Felix and Elizabeth. Um, and you could just really hear, as you were sharing, Josh, uh, just the power of love and the power that God puts within us to be able to, with, to, to, be able to endure what Elizabeth went through, that suffering. Uh, it, yeah. it truly is, um, you know, cause to mind Jesus and his own suffering and, and how he endured, you know, the shame and humiliation uh, so that we could all be saved. And so he, he shares his own spirit, his own life with us. And Elizabeth was certainly uh, living that life of Christ, uh, even through her illness and, you know, drawing her husband into that deeper relationship and awareness of, of God's love for him. And it, and it changed his life. Wow, what a what a story that he even converted and and then became a priest. Right. Well, and you know, there's a little bit more to that. So uh, her full name, Elizabeth Lesur, is her her full name, mm. and um, uh, it actually turns out um, I remember reading about Archbishop Fulton Sheen. I think early in his priesthood, he ended up going over to France, and it might have actually been at Lourdes. He went on a retreat, and it was under the guidance of then Father. Felix Lesur, who told this story, and then Archbishop Fulton Sheen, he ended up starting to tell that at different events, different retreats, different um, places where he would go. And the cause for canonization has been open. So when we say Elizabeth Lesur, it's actually Servant of God Elizabeth Lesur. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's amazing to see the impact of one life who's willing to just love somebody even if that other person doesn't realize all the love and all the suffering that's being offered for them. Um, as we start talking about how spouses can help their their spouse, their husband or their wife get to heaven, before we get into that, it might be good to just talk about marriage itself. Marriage is a sacrament. Um, but unlike all of the other sacraments that we have in the Catholic Church, um, you know, with all these others, it's a priest or a bishop who is typically the the minister of the sacrament in marriage the husband and the wife they are considered the ministers of the sacrament uh, can you give us some insight what does this kind of unique aspect of husband and wife being ministers to each other in the sacrament of, of marriage what does that mean for the sacrament itself mm. well i that's yeah such a, a beautiful uh, insight and, and aspect of marriage you know, in, in the nuptial blessing, when um, when the minister is offering a blessing to the to the newlyweds, you know, even in the mass, um, there's this beautiful phrase. It's this long prayer, and it's the only time that they get that blessing. It's at their wedding. Um, but there's a, a beautiful line, and it says that this is the you know the covenant that has not been forfeited. It, this is the original covenant that's that's you know been made, you know, between man and woman. You know, it goes all the way back to the beginning of time. And so that, that covenant has not been broken, um, you know, through all of the, um, the, the broken times, you know, in the past. Uh, you know, Christ is the new covenant. He's the eternal covenant. Um, but in that unique sacrament where it is uh, the, the bride and, and the groom 
who are making the sacrament, like you said, you know, as a priest, you know, I may baptize someone, I could forgive sins, you know, I can, um, you know, with, with God's grace, um, offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass and, and bring forth the Eucharist. But in the marriage, I'm, I'm just a, a witness. <laughs> I'm witnessing the exchange of vows and where it's, it's the man and the woman who are actually exchanging their vows. They are saying the words. They are offering their vows. They're offering themselves. They're giving their consent to each other, to this sacrament, to this marriage. And, and then they're bringing it to the, the fullness in the, um, in the whole marital act. It's the, it's the two becoming one. And so uh, it is, it's a, a, a miracle. It's a miracle to behold and, and to witness the two becoming one, two lives becoming one. And as Pope Francis, uh, you know, has shared in different times, but in, in his writing in Amoris Laetitia, he's, he's just sharing that, yes, this, this covenant, this, this sacrament, it's not just a one-time thing. It's not just you go and you're married. You continue to renew that those those vows. You continue to to make this marriage, to make this covenant, to make this sacrament alive again and again, day after day. You continue to to give yourself to the other, and so it is a living sacrament. The marriage is a living sacrament um, that they that the uh, the spouses continue to offer to themselves and to God with God's grace each day talking with Father Ethan Southerd here on The Inner Life today. I want to open up the phones for your call as we're talking about how to help your spouse get to heaven. That's your role as a husband or a wife. And the phone number is 888-914-9149, What have you done in your marriage to help your spouse, to help both of you grow together in holiness? How has your spouse been that encouragement to you in your spiritual life? Or maybe it's a difficulty, you know, maybe you're not on the same page when it comes to faith, when it comes to the practice of religion, and that's a difficulty for you, and you're not sure how you can kind of bridge that divide there in your relationship and what you can do to help your spouse get to heaven when it doesn't seem like they have any interest. Uh, you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Ethan, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, uh, when you look at marriages, you know, people you know personally, um, whether that's, you know, maybe your own parents or, you know, other other people in your family, maybe couples in your parish, when you look and it's obvious, you know, this husband and this wife, they really are helping each other grow in holiness. Are there certain overarching characteristics that you see in those relationships? Of course, every every marriage is unique in some way, but there are obviously things that we can see lived out, uh, those common characteristics. What do you see in those marriages that really stands out to you for that growth in holiness? Um, I, I know it kind of sounds simple, or, or it's just something maybe we... We can overlook, um, but it's love. Um, you know, love is that common characteristic. Love is is the power uh, is the power that draws them together. Um, you know, we we speak that you know what God you know has drawn together uh, may no one you know tear apart. 
you know, the, God is, is love. And so God, you know, at the heart of a marriage, uh, you know, God is the one who's drawing these two together. And how could you have two become one? That, that doesn't make any sense. And yet, in the marriage, that's what God is doing. He's drawing uh, two people into union, into this communion of life. So at the heart of it is, is love. God is at the center. And, you know, what does, what does love mean? Well, love is, there's a, there's a freedom. You know, at the heart of, of love, there's a, a freedom to a free offering. You're offering yourself freely, completely. If you're not offering yourself freely and completely, if there's anything else into it, then it's not love and it's not a marriage. You know, during the marriage preparation, uh, the priest or the deacon, they're helping to prepare those couples, and they actually ask those questions. Are you giving yourself freely without coercion? And that's part of the, you know, the, the marriage ceremony as well. So there's, there's a freedom of love, a, a gift, but then there's also a freedom to receive. And so you freely receive this other person, this, the love of this other person. You're not being forced, you're, but openly you're receiving. You're not taking. If you're taking from someone, that's not love either. And so there, there has to be at the heart of, of a true marriage, of, of true love, the freedom. Now with that, <laughs> if you're freely receiving, that means that you're, you're receiving the, the good and the bad. You know, you're, you're receiving all of the wealth, but all the poverty the strength yeah. and the weakness. You're receiving everything. And so if, if there is a, a, a good, holy, strong marriage, it, it's love is at the center, and there's that openness for whatever may come. And like you were sharing about with Elizabeth, you know, that may mean having to forgive this other person each and every day, 77 times a day. Um, so at, I would say that that's, you know, at the heart of it is that love, but love manifests itself in many, many ways. Yeah. Well, and as you're talking about that too, Father, you know, it's more than just do I feel in love. You know, mm. going back to Elizabeth, she's making an active choice. Um, you know, she mm. she's not just simply saying, well, the feelings aren't there, so I must not be in love. No, she knows that she mm. loves her husband and she's dedicated to him and continues to make mm -hmm. that choice again day after day after day. So, you know, it's I, I think it's always good to remind ourselves, even at those times where it doesn't feel like we're in love, mm. where, oh, you got in some sort of argument or there's some sort of tension or whatever it is, um, that love is more, far more than a feeling. Uh, Father, we need to take mm -hmm. a break here really briefly, but we're going to come back and uh, talk more. Uh, Father Ethan Southard is our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, and we're talking about how you can help your spouse get to heaven, and how have you lived that out in your marriage? How have you and your spouse, your husband or your wife, how have you helped each other to grow in holiness? Or maybe that's a difficult process. It's something that doesn't seem to be happening. Maybe you're not quite on the same page when it comes to your faith, and you'd like some advice, some insight. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Ethan, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive hundreds of your phone calls every day, all thanks to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line. Our sponsor offers flexible life insurance and annuities. 
Visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester today. An Illinois Life Insurance Society not available in all states. Back to the inner life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and today talking with Father Ethan Southard. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, the pastor of St. John Ude's Church in Chatsworth, California. Today talking about how, as a married couple, your, your primary job is to help your spouse get to heaven. And how have you lived that out in your life? What have you done in your marriage to help you and your spouse grow in holiness. Maybe it's been more your spouse that's been uh, taking the lead on that. And how did that help you get to the point where you are today? Uh, Maybe you're the one trying to make that happen in your relationship, but you and your spouse, you just aren't on the same page, and you'd like to call in and speak with Father Ethan. The phone number here to call into the studio is 888-914-9149, Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Michelle who's calling in from Lexington, Kentucky. Hi, Michelle. You're on the air. Hi. Uh, My question is more out of a sense of frustration because I've been married about 33 years, and My husband, born and raised Catholic, me as well, I have never fallen away from the faith. Even through college years, you know, I've stayed a fervent, devoted Catholic. He, on the other hand, has wavered. And as we've been together, I know he has grown in his faith with our marriage, but I I do model it. I do pray every day. I go to confession, etc. He doesn't always. And, you know, church attendance, things like that. It, and it's frustrating to me to hear I'm on the hook for his soul. <laughs> That's how it feels like. Like, I have to make sure he gets to heaven. Well, everybody has a free will choice, and I, I feel frustrated with that. It's like, well, I've modeled it. I've done the best I can. What, what else do I do? So that's where I'm at. Hmm. Well, thank you, Michelle, for, um, for the call. And, and thank you for... Uh, being open to Christ in in your life and practicing your faith. Um, you know, Christ says that he, when he's lifted up, he will draw all to himself. And so at, at the heart of our faith, you know, there's only one Savior, and that's Jesus. You know, we came in, Jesus came into a fallen, broken world, uh, and he embraced it. He embraced all of us and, and, you know, all of our, our beliefs, our understandings, our, our failures, our sins. And so he's continuing to draw us. But Jesus also says that no one can come come to him unless the Father draws him. And so, you know, it's it's the Father, the Heavenly Father is the one, you know, who's moving. So if if we, on just an, on an exterior way, and I'm not saying you're doing this, Michelle, but just for any of our motivations, if, if any of us are just motivated to try and change someone, I think marriage is actually <laughs> a perfect way to show that that doesn't work. <laughs> you try to change somebody and that's not going to happen. You, on the exterior, you can't force someone to change their behaviors. You can't force someone to change their belief. Um, because if you do, all that does is it builds up resentment and bitterness. And why are you trying to change me? You know, what are you doing? You're trying to control me, and it just, it actually creates more division. So I I think what I'm hearing from you, Michelle, just by your simple, 
you know, faith of, of being able to, to go, you know, faithfully over 33 years of marriage, you know, being able to go, you know, to, to church, to the to liturgies, to go to confession. You know, it's, it's that witness that you have no idea when or how um, that God's going to touch your husband's heart or that he may all of a sudden, you know, have this epiphany or this awakening and say, Oh my gosh, wow. You know, I, I, I've been missing it all of this, all of these years. Um, but I think in that example that Josh was sharing earlier, you know, with, with Felix and Elizabeth, you know, she endured his atheism, his ridicule, all of the persecutions for, for such a long time in their marriage. And, but she just continued in that inner life and in her inner life with God. So I think that's really, just to simply put it, that we can't change anybody on our own, but that that the Father is drawing us uh, to himself. No one can come to him unless the Father uh, draw him. And it's Jesus is ultimately the one who saves. So that, that takes quite a burden off of all of us, that we don't have to be the Savior <laughs> of the world, you know, uh, let alone our, our spouses. But as we continue to allow God's love within us, then, then God is the one who can come in and change hearts. And he actually starts to, to reconcile and to draw all to himself. Yeah, you know, uh, Father Ethan, as Michelle had said there when she uh, was speaking, she feels like she's kind of on the hook for her husband. But I, I, I love the fact that you're saying, well, no, it's good that it's not our job to save other people. You know, that's the responsibility of, of Christ himself. So he's the one who's on the hook. Our, our main responsibility is to pray for our spouse to be devoted and love them. And, uh, and to the best of our ability, you know, I, I think what Michelle already said she's doing, she's trying to be that example. And, you know, mm-hmm. not not try and beat him over the head with it, you know, because mm-hmm. she, as you rightly pointed out, you can't change somebody into something if they're not at that point in their own faith journey. But, you know, uh, I guess the only thing we're on the hook for is just to pray and continue to be that good example for our spouse if we're in that situation. Mm-hmm. I remember one time um, someone had said, you know, our help isn't helping <laughs> so sometimes and i'm not sharing this for michelle i'm just you know so, sometimes i i hear you know, whether you're married or it's just you know anybody you, you try to help somebody but sometimes we come up we come in with with our own agendas or our own anxieties or our own ambition and we're trying to help someone and, but sometimes all of that extra all those extra filters aren't helping so it's actually making the, you know, the situation worse. So, you know, I, I do hear Michelle, and, and like you're saying, Josh, uh, I would just encourage Michelle just to keep doing what she's already doing, which is just, you know, being faithful and, and living her faith and being that witness, even if it's a silent witness. But you're, but the husband, you know, the, the world uh, recognizes and sees, you know, even the silent witness, and it's impacted. We don't know when. But all of a sudden, God can use that to change hearts. Uh, Father, uh, let me throw out the phone number one more time again as we're talking today here about how our job as Catholics, as married Catholics, 
Our goal is to help our spouse get to heaven. And how have you lived that out in your life? Maybe that is a difficulty. Just like Michelle was saying, you know, there's there doesn't seem to be that unity in the marriage. And you're looking for some advice, some insight. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Ethan, 888-914-9149. Maybe there is that unity. You have helped each other grow in your faith, grow in holiness. And we'd love to hear some of the things that have helped you on your journey. Love to hear your story. 888-914-9149. Father, uh, Michelle, she was talking about her husband, Catholic. What if the spouse isn't Catholic? Maybe they're of another faith. Perhaps they're not even religious at all. You know, any advice on how you can interact with that spouse and maybe have that kind of impact in their life, especially maybe if they don't even believe in, you know, anything beyond this life, you know, uh, how, how do you how do you approach that to where, again, you don't turn off the spouse, you don't create more of a rift or a resistance there? But you can still be somewhat encouraging, um, knowing that it might take years and years. It might be a lifetime, you know, <laughs> before just like we saw with Elizabeth. You know, she didn't she didn't see that resolution in her lifetime. Um, she just trusted God that even as she was facing death, that God would still work through the life of her husband to br- draw him back to Himself. Mm. That yeah, that's a great question. Um, I love in, in the Eucharistic prayer, uh, and we say this each day at Mass, um, you know, you could probably all recite the words with me, you know, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. That's, that's taken straight from the gospel. It's a, a little adjusted, you know, only say the word and my servant shall be healed. That was the Roman centurion who was speaking with Jesus. And his servant was ill, whose servant was dying. And so this was a Roman who was not Jewish, uh, who didn't have the Jewish faith. And, and yet there is this, this respect um, and, and the belief of faith that the, that the Roman centurion, this was a soldier, a soldier, military person. Um, and when he encountered Jesus, you know, he, he stopped Jesus. There were, he was going to the home to heal a servant. And he says, no, I'm, I'm not worthy. He, he knew his unworthiness. So, you know, just don't enter under my roof, but just say the word. I know how this works. I, I have faith. And Jesus, what does Jesus say? He says, I have not encountered this type of faith in anyone in Israel. Jesus was so blown away by this Roman soldier's faith. He says, I've never encountered anyone in all of Israel, the ones who've been prepared for the Messiah, he says, you have greater faith than anything I've seen. And so uh, that type of faith, you know, may not even be coming up in ways that we would expect. So I would encourage those spouses, you know, maybe your spouse isn't Catholic, or maybe your spouse has, has fallen away, you know, but we have no idea. In the Eucharistic prayer, we also pray for for those whose faith we have no idea, God alone knows. So we can't be the ones who are judging, you know, whether or not uh, our, our spouse is faithful or what their interior life is like. But we just trust that, you know, God God is there and God knows them. So if, if your spouse isn't Catholic or isn't going to church, 
you know, I would look to the Roman centurion who is held up. His words are spoken during the, the Eucharistic prayer every day at Mass, that there's still hope that God can, can draw, you know, all of us to himself. Talking with Father Ethan Southerd today here on The Inner Life and discussing how we can help our spouse get to heaven. That's the role of you as a husband or a wife. And how are you living that out in your marriage? We'd love to hear your story at 888-914-9149 is the number to call in. 888-914-9149. Our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. More of your phone calls coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and glad to have you along with us here today as we're talking about how you are able to help your spouse grow in holiness, help your spouse get to heaven. Of course, that's your spouse's job, too. It's it's a partnership there. Uh, how have you lived that out in your life? Maybe it's been a difficulty for you. Maybe you and your spouse are not on the same page when it comes to the faith. And you've got a question for Father Ethan Southerd, our spiritual director here today on The Inner Life. You're welcome to call us at 888-914-9149, Father, let's go back to the phones. Mary is calling in, listening in the Chicago area. Mary, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad to have you on the air. Hello. I... Uh resonate or resonated with me some of the comments the earlier caller made and what I did um, when I reached a lower point of frustration with my spouse and in the same situation we I prayed to Saint Joseph I asked him to bless our marriage I you know actually asked him to come into our home and our hearts and I can tell you, like, that was several years ago, and the blessings have just kept flowing. My husband joined on his own through business, a Christian group that meets uh, regularly every month. Um, there was in our hearts room for grace so that we've become more affectionate with each other. And I've noticed my husband's talents, which are dish- different and less conventional than my own, and so um, that I'm just so grateful. Uh, so that would be my suggestion. Wow. Mary, did you just say that you recognized your husband's talents? My husband's what? Talents? Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's, so, that's great. Thank you for, for sharing, Mary. Um, and you know, praying to, to St. Joseph, uh, how beautiful is that? Um, you know, and, and he does. He intercedes. You know, he was married to uh, the Blessed Mother. And so asking for their intercession, um, and they do, they intercede. And I, I think that's such a, a great example and witness as well that, you know, all of a sudden those graces started flowing, and it's going to come up. You know, there's there's this openness, there's this looseness that you, you had, this disposition that you had, where you weren't trying to force your husband but you're asking for help. St. Joseph, please help us. And and then little by little, those uh, graces were flowing and, and the conversion came. And then you're recognizing uh, the giftedness and the, the difference uh, of, that your husband brings forth. What a great, what a great sharing. Thanks, Mary. 
Yeah. Thanks for calling in. And, and uh, you know, that that's such a good point, too, there. You know, the there's the time spent in prayer on our own. Uh, maybe, Father, you can talk for a moment about if we aren't praying as a couple. You know, if I'm listening to this, I'm saying, yeah, this is this is all good. You know, I, I, I appreciate what's being said, but I don't pray with my spouse. I'm not even sure how to start. What advice would you give? How can somebody approach the subject of starting to pray together as a couple? You know, what, what are some, some ways if they maybe feel a little awkward to begin that or they're mm-hmm. a little frightened, there's uncertainty of how to mm-hmm. enter into that prayer time as a couple? Uh, what are some initial steps you might suggest? Mm. Well, yeah, I, I think there's all different types of prayer. You know, so it could be something as simple as, you know, taking a nice walk um, out in nature. You know, you could you could go to the beach or you just go in the mountains or just, you know, in your backyard and just appreciate uh, the beauty that's around you, the creation that's around you, you know, a sunrise or a sunset and be able to, you know, thank God. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a formal prayer where you're, um, you know, going and making the sign of the cross and, and re, you know, reciting something, but it could just be very loose, comfortable praying together you know, just recognize God's presence around you and thank God. It could even be more conversational. Um, but then it could also be, you know, I know many couples love to go to adoration, Eucharistic adoration together, and you could just go and you sit. And that's something that you could do together, but it, it also gives you that quiet time. Sometimes it could be a little awkward or embarrassing to, you know, to be vocally praying uh, together. But if you go together into church, even if it's just to go make a, a visit, just go in and sit in church for 10 minutes, you can just sit silently. Um, or, you know, maybe you could, you could move on and maybe there's someone you know that's, that's ill uh, or maybe there's a family member that's dying and you could, you could pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet together for that person. So now you're actually, you know, as a couple, you're, you're both practicing your faith, you're both praying for someone else. Uh, so I think sometimes that helps even in marriages because, you know, sometimes we could focus on, on each other or the marriage so much, um, but then you, you forget about everybody else. <laughs> and so then you, you actually, you know, especially like, you know, divine mercy chaplet for someone who's sick, if you're praying for them, wow, now the two of you are actually working together as a team. And you start to forget those differences or those things that maybe you disagree on, but now you're working uh, for the benefit of someone else. So I think those might be a, a couple options. And of course, the rosary is, is a beautiful prayer. I know there's, right. you know, and even Relevant Radio has the, the family rosary. So that, you know, maybe you just tune, you turn on the family rosary and you listen, you pray that uh, together. Great suggestions. Again, talking with Father Ethan Southern today here on The Inner Life. And the phone number to call in and speak with Father Ethan, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. How are you and your spouse helping each other get to heaven? Uh, maybe you're not in that role of helping each other get to heaven. Uh, there's a disconnect there somewhere, and you have a question you'd like to ask Father Ethan. Again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. Father, let's go to Lisa, who's listening in Arlington Heights, Illinois. Lisa, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Ethan. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. 
I'm just calling in to um, encourage other spouses who are struggling with feeling that um, they're they're in in the marriage with in their faith by themselves. Um, my husband and I were married 25 years ago, and I was a cradle Catholic, but I was not a, a practicing Catholic. And he was a very faithful Catholic at the time. Um, today, I'm a catechist. I've been a catechist for seven years. And I feel like I never would have gotten to this place in my faith journey without my husband. Um, so um, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I'm just so grateful to God for allowing my husband to be patient with me as I, as I took my time coming to where I am today. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Lisa. It's funny. You just, you finished uh, with the word patient. Uh, that's what, when you were sharing, that's what I was, that was coming up for me. Um, wow. What a, what a beautiful, um, patient, kind relationship uh, is, is the way that I, I heard it. Uh, Lisa, you know, the, the faith that your husband has, but he wasn't pushing it. He wasn't controlling. Um, he was accepting you for who you are and where you are, but he was living his faith. And now, you know, with that patience and that kindness and maybe, you know, along the journey, revealing a little bit more of the faith here and there, uh, you know, you're inspired to even become a catechist <laughs> and wanting to help others come to know Christ. Um, but that's another virtue and that, that comes from love, but it's, it's the patience, just being patient, you know, and allowing God to move in each other's lives. Thanks so much for the call, Lisa. Glad to have you on the program. Father, um, got a couple calls on this topic and also have an email, and I'll read the email. The uh, listener says, uh, here's my situation. My husband, he is in an adulterous relationship right now. He left us, our family, three years ago. He divorced me in August of 2019, but I'm still married in the church. I've been praying the Holy Rosary daily for peace and for reconciliation for my family. Uh, for this listener, for the others who are calling in um, that are asking about when my spouse isn't even mm -hmm. in the same house as me any longer, you know, uh, where there's that mm -hmm. broken marriage, even though it's not by my choice, what can I do? Obviously, there's the reconciliation that they're praying for, but also how do we still pray for them? What's what? What should be the focus of our prayers in wanting to still help them in their journey to heaven? Mm. Um, and I'm sorry to hear. I, I think that um, whoever had sent that email in, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear uh, of a broken relationship. You know, that, that gets us right at the core of who we are, um, because in marriage you give yourself to the other completely. And so if, if you're giving yourself completely and, and there's an infidelity or there's a, um, a rejection of that, uh, nothing could be more painful. Um, so my, my heart goes out to, to this person and, and to all of the listeners who are in difficult, painful, and, and broken relationships. So I would just encourage you to continue praying for your spouse or praying for uh, the situation. You know, God, I, I know stories where, you know, people have, have been even divorced legally, you know, for years. And, and then there's been a reconciliation and they've still been married by the church and they've, they've come back together uh, and, and living a, a healthy and a happy marriage. You know, so, so God can be working through all these situations. But I would also encourage you 
you know, during that time, just for your own health, you know, unfortunately, sometimes there are broken relationships. Um, and even, you know, the marriages that come together, uh, and I'm not advocating for anyone to be divorced. Um, but I, but I am also saying, you know, if someone has entered into a marriage and they have not been fully giving themselves, maybe there's something that they've been hiding, whether it's an addiction or a, a type of behavior, um, you know, that could lead to difficulties in marriage. You may not know it right away, but then a year, two years, a few years down the road, you realize this isn't the person that I thought I married. And, and so, you know, the, uh, the church does have recourse to help you through that, whether it's an annulment or whether it's, you know, just helping to understand that um, if, if you're freely giving yourself uh, for that marriage, um, but if someone else is not freely giving themselves, if they're taking or if they're hiding something, um, then, then the church is there to help us through those situations as well. So the church is, is here, as Pope Francis calls, as a field hospital uh, to right. also help and to bind those wounds. So I always just encourage all the callers to continue praying for those, you know, your spouse or those, those people, but also to be open to receive that healing. Uh, Father, we're down to just our last minute here. Not going to have a chance to take any more calls, but uh, if somebody is looking for maybe a resource to go a little deeper on how they can help their spouse to heaven, any suggestions on you know additional reading or you know maybe a saint that you would turn to and say you know look at their life, their example? There, there is a great book. Uh, you, you mentioned Archbishop Sheen at the beginning. You know, he, he's written a great book, Three to Get Married. So it's not just the two that are getting married, but there's three. And, and that third is God. <laughs> so God is Excellent. in the marriage. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you can't do much so, better than Archbishop Fulton Sheen. He's, he's a great resource. Uh, Father, about yeah. 20 seconds left here. And uh, can I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners as we conclude the hour? Sure. Uh, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And my... May Almighty God, who sent His Son into the world, whose Son on the flesh of humanity, and who took humanity as His bride, the Church, may Christ continue to bless you and your marriages and your families to continue to draw you to heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, that loving union right now, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Father Ethan. Always good to have you here on program. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.